Hola, everybody. Welcome to the Unicorn Millionaire Podcast. I'm your host, Charlie Stover. I'm a non-binary Latinx money coach helping my first-gen clients become millionaires. I'm a formerly undocumented Mexican-American and currently digital nomad traveling all over the world. And I'm super excited to have you here along with me on my journey. I talk about personal finance, money mindset, working, unicorns, rainbows, you name it. We're here, we're queer, and we are going to build wealth for ourselves and our communities. Hey y'all, how's it going? I am reporting live from Puerto Vallarta, Mexico, where I just moved three days ago. On Sunday, I flew in with my cat. Luna, who I adopted from Thailand a couple months ago when I brought her to LA. And then I decided to spend the winter in Mexico because it was getting cold. (laughs) And I missed the slower pace of life. LA was awesome. I got to network and reconnect with my friends and chosen family, but it was also really, really intense there in ways that I was not expecting as somebody who's lived in cities like Boston on the East Coast and DC, LA was just a different level of intensity. And there was a lot going on there, especially with the Screen Actors Guild strike and the writer's strike. Um, But I'm really proud of myself for going straight from Thailand to the fast paced life of LA and making it work there for six months, which is double the amount of time that I gave myself to just try it out because it's a place that I've always wanted to live. Um, but long-term, I can't really see myself there because you really do need a car and I'm not ready to invest in a car quite yet. So here I am back abroad, um, living in a beach town and it's, it reminds me a lot of Playa del Carmen where I moved in 2020 and that's where I really started my business. But the, it's, it's quieter here, at least the neighborhood where I am, and it's slower paced. And there's an older crowd that lives here. And so far, I'm liking it. There's pretty mountains. There's jungle. I was here 10 years ago, but I did a zip lining tour and stayed in the hotel zone. So we'll see what kind of adventures I get myself into. Yesterday, I went to the Malecon with my friend Honey, and we looked at one of the tallest Catrinas in the world because they're still celebrating the Day of the Dead. If you don't speak Spanish, a Catrina is just one of those big skeletons that they dress up for the Day of the Dead. And this one was massive. It looked like a ride from Six Flags. (laughs) Honey said that when we saw it at first. So yeah, I will update y'all on my adventures, but that's where I'm at right now in the universe. On today's podcast, I wanted to let y'all know about the news. I just heard about that the IRS just raised the contribution limits for individual retirement accounts, aka IRAs for 2024. And that news is really important because the IRAs are the OG account, in my opinion, Uh, Retirement accounts like 401ks, IRAs, 403bs, those are the most important investment accounts because they have the ability to save you tens of thousands of dollars in taxes as you invest and save for 
retirement, whether it's early retirement or retirement in general. This account is super important. And uh, yeah, 7K a year is $500 more than the limit for 2023 because the 23, 23 limit, if you're 50 and under, is 6,500 a year. If you are over the age of that, it's um, $1,000 more. But this year, they raised it and to keep pace with inflation. But every time they raise the limits of these retirement accounts, that's a sign to max those out every time. Because when you maximize retirement accounts, that is how you retire early. It's not day trading in a Robinhood account. It's literally taking the limits of your retirement accounts and putting as much money as you can into those so that you have investments growing for you in your sleep, tax-free or tax-deferred, because we want you to save money on taxes when you do decide to sell that stock and take it out for cash to pay your bills when you're in retirement. That's really what retirement is all about. No one's funding your retirement except you. So the sooner that you get started, the better. And that was a big lesson that I learned. I didn't really start investing until I was about 27. I was on food stamps, on Medicaid, which is how I was able to pay for my top surgery for free when I lived in DC after getting laid off. And I didn't even have a real 401k until I was about 29 when I took a job as a stockbroker, which sounds fancy like Wolf of Wall Street, but um, I was working in a call center. It wasn't that glamorous. And I was making 45K, which is the most that I've ever uh, been paid at the nine to five. But what really mattered to me was organizing my money instead of fixating on, oh, I'm not making enough or I'm not making six figures because there's folks out there who are making six figures who have nothing saved for retirement, who have spending problems. And it really comes down to you prioritizing your retirement accounts and putting your money into those first and automating it from your paycheck so that you don't all of a sudden have all this money that your brain thinks is extra money when your paycheck hits the direct deposit and you blow it all on drinks and at Target on stuff that you don't need or on Amazon on a Black Friday sale. <laughs> so that's, that's really how you retire early is automating your investments, taking a piece of your paycheck and just pumping that money into retirement accounts. And sometimes people ask me, oh, well, which one is better, the 401k, 403b, or the IRA? And I say both. If you wanna really retire early, you're gonna have to maximize your employer-sponsored account and your IRA. The 401k limit has also been raised for next year to 23,000 dollars if you're under 50. If you're over 50, they haven't changed the limit. You can contribute $30,000, which that's just known as a catch-up contribution. And they call it that in case that your parents didn't open an investment accounts when you were born, which our parents should have done that, but they didn't know or they didn't have the tools or they weren't documented. Like I didn't become documented until I was 14 and I didn't have a social till then. And then I got my first job at McDonald's. But if you haven't gotten started investing and you're in your 50s, that's what this catch-up contribution is for. And I help clients 
all ages. I've helped clients in their mid-20s to their late 50s save for retirement. It's never too late. What matters is just getting started and prioritizing, investing, instead of trying to worry about the right time. Just get started because you can invest with as little as $5 these days. And that $5 can grow to $50 and $500 over the long term. So that's what that is the news flash of <laughs> the year. And I'm sharing this in November, but uh, once the holiday season passes and before we know it, it's January, that's when you can start contributing to your IRA. I know every year I do that. As soon as January 1st hits, I am contributing money from wherever I can get it and wherever makes sense into my IRA. And I share that because as a business owner, I don't pay myself uh, the amount of money that I make in sales. Last year I made about $61,000 in sales, but I only paid myself about $21,000. And of that $21,000, I knew that I had to prioritize my, my retirement. So of that 21K, 6,500 right into my IRA because I don't have an employer-sponsored 401k as a business owner who doesn't have a 9-to-5 right now. I do have a solo 401k, but out of all the money that I make in my business, I choose to invest that in business coaching so that I can grow and scale my business. So that's, that is how urgent I prioritize investing in my IRA. It's about a third of my salary that I pay myself goes into my retirement account because that 6,500 is gonna to grow to $650,000. Like I, I've never made more than 45K, but every year since I found out about maximizing the IRA, that's been my goal every year is to maximize it. Maximize it, max it out, as soon as the year starts. So it takes me only a few months. I don't wait until the end of the year because if you wait until the end of the year every year, you're losing out on growth that the stock market can give you. So to break it down, to break down the IRA, I like to see it as, let's say your retirement is a house that you're building over time. So the the house is this beautiful mansion. It's just like your retirement. You want to imagine it being nice and sparkly and juicy and has all these plants inside and out. And for me, it's palm trees. <laughs> I'm seeing a lot of neon and florals and, um, and the IRS is like your chismosa neighbor that's watching you build this house over time. So, I'm team Roth IRA. I'm a Roth rake. Roth means you pay your taxes now from your paycheck and you take that money from your paycheck and put that in the IRA. So you pay taxes now in your Roth IRA so that when you do turn 75 or 80, you take that money out to pay your bills in retirement and you won't have to pay taxes on that. The IRS also can't come to your door when you're 72 and tell you, okay, now it's time to start taking that money out because you haven't paid taxes yet. Because that's what they're going to do if you're just using a regular IRA. If you're putting your money in a regular 401k or a regular IRA, all that money is pre-tax. But the keyword is pre-tax. At some point, it's going to have to be post-tax because the IRS wants their money. 
So pre-tax sounds great right now because you're not paying taxes, but the IRS is balling out. The government's like, yeah, do everything pre-tax because we want that investment to grow for decades. And then you take that money out and pay us. And the more you save for retirement in one of those pre-tax accounts, the more you're going to end up having to pay in taxes because you're going to have to take more money out a year. That amount that the IRS tells you to take out is what's called a required minimum distribution. <laughs> I'm laughing because I feel like I should have that word echo. It sounds really intense and dramatic, but all that is 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 when you turn a certain age, right now the age is about 72, the IRS is going to be like, all right, you have 100K in your account, start taking out, I don't know, 10K a year. And they calculate this amount based off how long they think you're going to live so that you pay your taxes on that money. But I'm not trying to worry about paying taxes on I'm 85 on that money. I'll be paying taxes on other things, but if I can avoid it, why would I wait until my money has grown so that I can pay the IRS a big chunk of that money. It just doesn't make sense. So you imagine your retirement like a mansion that you're building poco a poco over time instead of thinking, okay, it's time to retire, where's my mansion? That's really all retirement is, is something that you build poco a poco over time. So in order to have your nice house of your dreams, you want to build the furniture. Some people want to have a bidet. I've never used a bidet, but I feel like it's a trend right now. <laughs> Say you put your, your bidet in the house, <laughs> your, your air fryer, your chairs, your tables, and the IRS is watching you put that furniture in. And if you have a Roth IRA, if your mansion is a Roth IRA, the IRS only cares when you take that furniture out and they're watching you so if you take that furniture out and it's a Roth IRA they're not gonna say anything but if it's a normal IRA you start taking that furniture out the IRS is gonna be like all right you have to pay taxes on that furniture or actually you just give that furniture to the IRS instead of being able to sell it off to somebody else you're just giving it to the government <laughs> whichever sounds worse so that's the IRS is like the chismoso neighbor that's watching you and they're going to profit more from you if you do a regular IRA than a Roth IRA as you build your mansion, which is your retirement fund. And it doesn't matter how you move the furniture around the house. I like to think of remodeling and moving what's already in the house as buying and selling stock. You don't have to pay taxes on that movement. The IRS only cares when you put money in and when you take it out. So if you put $7,000 a year now, which is the new limit, taking into account things like inflation, which just means the cost of everything keeps going up. As we've seen, groceries have gone up a lot. That's normal. That's inflation. They're not going to go down. Inflation only keeps going up, really, over time. So I... Plug the numbers into an investment calculator to see the big picture because I feel like a lot of people, they're not bought into investing because they don't understand the, the delayed gratification of investing. Especially in America, it's a very instant gratification culture where you can order things on Amazon and get them in just a few hours. Investing can be a real mindfuck, especially if you're the first person in your family to do it. But I like to share the numbers over the long term. 
so that people understand, okay, this is why you sacrifice a little bit of your money now for the future. So if you invest $7,000 a year for 15 years at um, a rate that the stock market grows on average, which I like to put anywhere from about 8%, maybe 9 or 7%, I think for this calculator, I put 8%. You'll have about $232,635 if you just keep investing in the stock market. So the amount of money you put in is $105,000. That's like what you're putting in to that over 15 years. So seven times 15 is the magic of this investment is that if you just put that in there and you don't take money out, you'll make more on interest from the stock market. So total contribution is 105,000, but on interest just on the stock market, rowing and gains like that, you'll earn about 120,635 just on those contributions. That's more than the money that you're putting in. So the magic of investing is that the more money you invest, the more it will grow. You can't get these types of gains in a savings account or a high yield savings account. These kinds of gains are what happens in the stock market. And when you put your money into retirement accounts like your IRA and your 401k, that interest, depending on if you do the Roth, you can take that money out tax-free. So that 120k, if you do a pre-tax account like a regular 401k, a regular IRA, the IRS is balling out, they're salivating. They're like, yeah, we want you to, to invest for us and then pay us a cut of that interest. That's really what it is. And why would you do that if you don't have to? Now, if you have a higher income limit than what's required, because the IRS does have income limits, if you make over a certain amount, if you're making somewhere in the six figures, depending on if you're married or filing single for taxes, you can't contribute directly to a Roth IRA. But what Lots of people making six figures or millionaires do is they'll still do what's called a backdoor Roth IRA, where they put money in a regular IRA because they're making too much, but then they just transfer that money from the regular IRA to the Roth. It's annoying. It's a headache. It doesn't make sense. In my opinion, these income limits are BS anyway, but... They make you do that so that when you move money from your regular IRA to the Roth IRA, you pay taxes. Because the IRS always wants their cut. But if you're contributing into a Roth 401k, which is the same thing as your 401k, you don't have to open up a new account. You can just log into your 401k portal and you can click on the Roth post tax option. Those don't have income limits. So you can still do Roth in a 401k, post-tax that shit. But if you really want to retire early, you would do the backdoor Roth to the regular Roth. There's all kinds of limits and things going on, and it might sound confusing and overwhelming, but once you get the hang of it, it's really simple. And the IRA, the 401k, those are the main squeezes. The side hoe is the brokerage account. 
Like when January hits, I'm not even fucking with my brokerage account, which a lot of people mistakenly call a Robinhood account because those accounts are taxable. Whenever you move around the furniture in your, your other mansion, which doesn't have income limits like the retirement accounts does, but when you move furniture and buy, sell stock and all that, you have to pay taxes on the money that you make because those accounts are taxable. So the way I funded my IRA is I'll literally sell the stock in my brokerage account and then pay taxes on that eventually, but transfer that, the cash that I made from selling that stock and put it into my IRA. As long as I'm making earned income, at least the 6,500, the IRS doesn't really care like where your money comes, if it comes from, from your checking account or savings account or brokerage account. They just want to make sure that you're actually making that amount and reporting taxes on it at some point. So I think this is exciting news. It's also just to keep up pace with inflation. In my opinion, it, these retirement accounts shouldn't even have limits, but the IRS wants their money and they want to limit this account so that if you maximize your IRA and your 401k and you want to still invest your extra money like I do in your brokerage account, then they still get their taxes from that. And there's no income limits and no penalties for withdrawal like there are in retirement accounts in your brokerage account, but you do pay taxes. So that's why I call the brokerage account the side hoe. Why would you put all your money in an account where you have to pay taxes on, on the sale of stock? And when I mean sale of stock, you also pay taxes on the, the interest that pays out the quarterly dividends. A lot of people think you don't pay taxes on that, but you do. Even if you're reinvesting that interest, let's say Apple, Apple pays out a certain percentage every three months, every quarter, and you can choose to have that money be paid out to cash or to buy more little fractions of Apple stock. And you do that in a non-retirement account, you still have to pay taxes, even if you're continuing to buy little fragments of Apple stock, little Apple slices. <laughs> I'm talking about Apple computers, by the way. Yeah, you still have to pay taxes on that. So... I'm sharing this because this is something I see a lot of my clients do because they don't understand the big picture of, of why retirement accounts are the, the priority. They're your main squeeze because of the tax savings that you can have when you invest over the long term versus having your money in a taxable brokerage account. It is nice to be able to sell stock to pay your expenses in a brokerage account and not worry about having to be 59 and a half but it's also nice knowing that when you do max out your IRA, that money's going to grow and you're not going to have to pay taxes on it. At this point, my Roth IRA has about $50,000 in it, and I'm just continuing to put more and more money in it. And that's just one of my investment accounts. But that is going to be how I'm going to pay my bills and live life and travel the world when I'm 85. <laughs> but it's going to be nice not being told by the government to start taking my money out because they want taxes. So it's that sense of autonomy and financial freedom that I'm all about that I want for you to have. And as long as you understand how this, this works. So 
in conclusion, the 2024 limit for contributing to your individual retirement account is $7,000 if you're under age 50. If you're over age 50, it's going to be higher than that, but not in the 401k. In your 401k, the limit has gone up by $500 for those 50 and under. But if you're over 50, it's still the same at $30,000 as a catch-up contribution, which is still a sizable amount. So I hope this episode has helped you get excited about investing and looking forward to the new year. If you'd like help with your investments, which is something I help all my clients with, I help them open up their IRAs. I help them transfer the cash over. I help them choose investments so that that money can actually grow because putting cash in your IRA is not enough. There's no point putting just cash in an IRA because that money won't grow unless you choose to invest it. And investing can be the scary part, but I love breaking it down for, for y'all and helping my clients by also showing them how I invest and showing them my accounts and sharing my mistakes because I want you to learn from my mistakes and I don't want you to, to lose money like I have from just trading and th like silly things that I never should have bought. But hey, <laughs> you live and you learn. I like seeing investing as something for the long term. It's not a casino. It's not to gamble and see if you can make a quick buck. It's to make millions of dollars over the long term. And the difference between millionaires and multimillionaires is honestly retirement accounts. It's people who know how to maximize different types of accounts that end up having their money grow more so that they can also build generational wealth. Because the point of building generational wealth is to invest so much money that by the time you die, you still have hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars left over for you to pass off to your loved ones. That's really the definition of generational wealth. But it can be intimidating being the one to, to start it. My clients range from being first gen. I've had clients who are Mexican who help their parents open up retirement accounts in their 50s. We're Guatemalan, we're Latinx. And I've also helped clients who have inherited uh, investment accounts. But I help them all be more intentional with their money and move past the guilt of inheriting money, making more money, but not feeling like they're doing enough with it to enjoy life for themselves and to help others. So I had one client who inherited like $150,000 and they hadn't touched it for almost a year because they felt so guilty, like they didn't deserve that money. But then once we worked together, they ended up helping lend their money, money to a family member to escape a toxic relationship. And then they ended up donating money to trans and indigenous causes that they cared about while also leaving a toxic job and going 100% in on their own business. So that is what I love helping my clients with. And if you'd like to work one-on-one -on -one with me, I am taking six-month money coaching clients, I'm going to put the link to book a free clarity call at the link in the show notes so that we can chat about working together and so that I can learn more about what your money goals are so you can enjoy life now while also making sure that you're actually setting up your future self for retirement because that's what my purpose in life is, is to help people enjoy life now and secure the bag 
decades from now for ourselves and our loved ones. So I can't wait to chat with you and, and learn more about how I can help you on your journey. All right, have a great day and I'll catch you later. The information contained in the Unicorn Millionaire podcast is provided for general informational use only. Your purchase, download, and use of this material does not constitute a client relationship. The views expressed by the Unicorn Millionaire podcast hosts and guests are not intended to constitute accountant, legal, tax certified financial planner, stock advisor, or other professional advice. Users of this podcast material should not act upon this information. Users of this podcast material should do their own due diligence by independently verifying all information, products, and services mentioned with their own qualified professionals before making any decisions. We assume no responsibility for information contained in the Unicorn Millionaire podcast and disclaim all liability with respect to errors, inaccuracies, omissions, misleading, or defamatory statements. Users of this podcast accept and understand the terms of the disclaimer.